It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. We all seem to have that inner critic inside our heads. I have a committee, the itty bitty shitty committee. You know what I mean, that nagging voice or voices in my case that knocks us down and drags us down the road of self-sabotage and self-neglect. A strong, positive sense of self-esteem is your first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Discover who you truly are, that gorgeous, talented, fabulous woman who deserves recognition and unconditional love. You know, the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas That Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women living in their own self-confidence about who they truly are, how they found themselves, and how they care for themselves. Today, I'm speaking with Jacqueline Biolo, a leading authority on innovative business solutions, political strategy, and community engagement. Jacqueline has spent 30 plus years in theatrical performances, including one act plays, commercials, improv, and scripted performances. She is an experienced runway published fashion and editorial mature and full figured model with years of exposure posing for various designers, photographers and genres. Jacqueline's voluptuous personality will be walking in the curvy revolution during New York's Fashion Week next week. Jacqueline, how do you celebrate you and your wins? Oh my goodness. Well, first and foremost, that that might imply that I have some wins. And I think that sometimes uh, life in itself is an uphill battle. But, you know, wins, whether they're small, medium or large, uh, are always celebrated. First and foremost, just within my head, you know, it's kind of that, yay, you've done it. Um, And then it's sharing with those people that were involved in whatever that capacity of a win were, the team with you um, as well. So that's family and friends. But interestingly enough, I mean, we are in a world of social media and I actually do brag a little bit, or maybe I post uh, for selfish reasons. I've come to quite enjoy the memories that pop up on Facebook. And I think that that in itself, I mean, in the olden days, sort of, we heard about journaling or diarizing our stuff. And, and I I really, it's important to have uh, a placeholder of all of your successes. So maybe in those deep, dark times, you can reflect back on it. And, and that's, that's sort of how I celebrate my successes is quietly on Facebook. <laughs> quietly. Yeah, I love that because I get these big photos on my Facebook and they, you know, I see pictures of that I posted of my kids and I'm like, oh, remember those days? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally get that. Uh, What are you celebrating this week for yourself? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think when I was preparing mentally for this last week, uh, it probably would have been that I had knee surgery. Um, I am very much a wellness enthusiast, a fitness kind of participant in a variety of different uh, rec teams. 
and I've had ongoing knee issues. And last week I was supposed to have uh, an arthroscopy. And so I probably would have been celebrating a little bit of a recovery, but uh, just due to COVID protocols and you know the reliance on the healthcare system, uh, we've heard certainly we're both in Alberta, you and I, Tina, <clears throat> that you know surgeries uh, are being pushed back. And so that's sort of what happened with me is that my knee surgery uh, was postponed until a future date, which is totally fine. I'll now have the summer to you know just enjoy without having to go to physiotherapy and and rehab. But yeah, so maybe I'm celebrating the fact that I'll get to enjoy a little bit more summer without a, a knee brace on <laughs> without a knee brace but still having the pains and the aches of that yes terrible, right? yes absolutely yeah. it's one of those celebrate but do I celebrate yeah I right. get that yeah. <laughs> um how would you say you would rather express like would you rather express yourself um accurately or would you always have the need to say the exact truth yeah and and I I know that um, you had provided the opportunity for me to reflect on some of these questions beforehand. And I mean, let's just put it out there. There are <clears throat> times when, not, I don't want to say a little white lie is okay, um, but articulating your point in a respectful manner is most important. So I think that... Um, in my capacity, you know, I have uh, individuals that rely on me. I'm in a decision-making uh, job. And the facts are important to back up your decisions or the relevance. So um, whether it's storytelling that you have to do to enhance that, but, you know, there is that element of accuracy. I want to make sure that my comments are accurate uh, rather than feeling like, you know, I don't know, I always have to be right or whatnot. So being heard is important just uh, in general sense. I get that 100%. Yeah, sometimes it's not necessarily a lie. It's just you have to reword it in a sense so that you can make it clear. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know that, um, well, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that sometimes when we talk about that little white lie, there are feelings to be considered, you know, do they know, need to know the whole truth? Uh, so that's probably from the perspective of I come from is, you know, you make sure you present uh, an accurate reflection of the situation, uh, but do you need to tell everything um, based on, on who's the audience, uh, what your end goal is, etc.? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, 100%. What's a common thing you think about when you're alone? <laughs> <laughs> what else I could be doing? <laughs> um, I suffer, unfortunately, not only from insomnia, but just a very, very active brain. I'm very blessed in my life to have a lot of balls being juggled, um, which brings to it opportunity, successes, uh, struggles. And it's usually in those down times um, when my brain starts to think about you know, what could I be doing next to improve or enhance uh, a situation? There certainly is that personal reflection on, gee, that didn't go as well as planned. So again, you know, what did I do? What can I do to either rectify it, resolve it, uh, or learn from it in the future? So yeah, my brain doesn't sit idle very often. Wow. 
I have, I'm the opposite. I, I have to like really work at getting thoughts in my head. <laughs> and I'll send you some of it. mine. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I usually need a, you know, that little bit of a push. What's a common thing? Um, or how many times have you, you know, when you're alone and you make all these sort of little plans or goals in your head, how many times have you tried, you know, many of those and failed at achieving some of them? Oh, well, isn't failure um, part of everybody's success? And again, I spoke of it just from reflecting. Uh, it is difficult to fail or to have rejection or to have setbacks, but it's that resiliency um, that builds character. So, you know, part of what assists individuals, or at least in my case, is sometimes talking to it, uh, talking through it with your sounding board, your sisterhood. I talked about um, earlier when we were offline that I've just penned a column about sisterhood. And it's very true. I mean, we can't live in a silo. We certainly lean on others to help us um, grow and expand, whether it's through networking in a professional capacity or encouraging you know, your health and wellness um, by using a trainer or whatever. I, I just don't think that our world is a standalone individual environment. And so from failures or setbacks or rejection, for me, it really is, it's tough. It's tough, but uh, you take that moment. If you need that pity party, then you have it, but it's uh, the resiliency that makes you strong and, and how you conquer that next hurdle. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's difficult to make you know, most people understand that, mm -hmm. right? Most people see failure as I'm, I'm not capable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What obstacles do you think are in your way when you are faced with, you know, something that, you know, when you're working towards a goal, what, what do you think holds you back the most? Well, I'm not a perfectionist, which I'm glad I'm not. I certainly do work towards doing the very best that I can with the resources available, but you don't know what you don't know. So I think that sometimes um, either what sets me back or the barriers or what's in my head are actually things that I can't control. And I have been more focused on that of late. There comes a point where if I know in my head and in my heart that I have done the absolute best towards an initiative that I can, but whether it still you know, falls flat or whether it doesn't achieve sort of the end result from a success perspective, um, it's, it's just that knowledge and understanding, maturity, leadership, whatever language you wanna to put to it, knowing that Yes, I did my best, but there are other unknown factors uh, that, you know, have presented themselves as barriers. And again, now you go back to sort of, well, what do you do with that information is you have to be strategic enough to either think of that in, in advance. So some risk management or strategic thinking, um, or you just have to deal with it in the moment and then move forward. But yeah, the barriers that I see are no longer mine, you know, I'm not fearful of failure. I'm not fearful of, of being the best because I certainly am not the best at everything, but it, it's kind of um, that reliance on other people to help me be successful. Yes, yeah, so you're not afraid to ask for help uh, if you need it. 
Well, I'm not sure I said that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I understood. (laughs) Because you know what? That might actually be my own barrier is that I do feel that I can do a lot on my own. And sometimes it is just out of sheer interest. You know, is it a personal uh, goal to try and overcome Uh, a particular barrier, but you are right. I mean, I certainly have teams that uh, you see their strengths and that is a good quality of a leader um, or a motivator, somebody that can positively influence the success of a team. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, I wouldn't say that most or any of my success is because I live in a silo. That's for sure. (laughs) I loved your answer, your reaction to that. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to ask you um, this way then. So would you uh, prefer to give up on something you're working towards before you reach out to say someone, maybe you don't, um, I don't want to say you don't like, but someone that you like fear working with, Uh would you just give up on that goal before you had to reach out to that one person that you know could help you, but you don't really want to work with? No. Um, that definitely comes from maturity. And, you know, I think that giving up isn't an option, shouldn't be an option. I think that the difference between my thinking is um, do the best that I can to find alternative ways to do it by myself without having to rely on others. But vulnerability is okay. Uh, again, you know, I, in my column that I just wrote, um, I talk about that we have to get over the stigmas that whether it's failure or vulnerability is, is not okay. It's not an okay characteristic. Well, that's so false. I think that that what builds us up and makes us stronger in the end. So yeah, um, it is something that I'm still learning to reach out, ask for help. um, And especially in a professional capacity when um, personalities there there might be a difference of opinions or or relationships just you know aren't as easy forthcoming as as you would like but you have to build them you have to work to to build them for a common end result exactly and what what you're learning like you're learning something from each person you work beside but you're also teaching Yes. Right. If you're if you're allowing vulnerability and that other person doesn't give vulnerability, she, you know, freely, like she, you know, holds it all in kind of thing. You're teaching her how to let it go. Yeah. Right. If nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I would like to know what your perception is on introverts and extroverts. It's been talked about a lot <laughs> over the last two years. And it's it's interesting how everyone seems to have a different answer. Well, again, you and I haven't had the pleasure of meeting face to face, but I know that, um, you know, we would be BFFs anyways. And (laughs) my mantra actually is, is it's exhausting being me. 
And what I mean by that is that many people just uh, because of my enthusiastic joie de vivre and perhaps uh, the variety of different successes that I've experienced or what have you, they think that I am full on extrovert, life at the party, high achiever, whatever taglines you want to put to it. But the reality is, is that I feel I'm very much an introvert in certain aspects of my life. So, um, you know, I need that downtime. I need that quiet opportunity to reflect, to recharge, and then go back at it. So extrovert, introvert, I mean, I, I think that if we're able to take each situation and scenario that we're presented with and put our best foot forward, then it doesn't matter how you label yourself, but an awareness of who else might be in your circle and how to make them feel comfortable, confident, successful, a contributing factor, like that, that's more important than labeling somebody. Well, this, this is so true, isn't it? Um, I know that uh, one of the communities that I belong to, they talk about introvert, extrovert a lot. And I'm thinking I'm a cross between the two. You know, I love to be around people. I love to chat, even if I have nothing to chat about, really. <laughs> but then there's times where I'm like, uh-uh, I need to, like, you know, be alone right now and think with my thoughts and yeah. sit with them and really, like, feel them, right? And yeah. I think those are, like, characteristics of an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think your fashion style says about you? <laughs> well, I'm not sure <laughs> I care. I don't know. You know, I, again, I... um the uniqueness of my life is that well and even during COVID gosh didn't we all take on a different sort of thought process for fashion maybe all we cared about was what you see from you know your your chest up because that's what's going to be on the zoom protocol and I will say that I did have a lot of fun buying um glasses so prescription lenses just to be fashionable on zoom I bought way too many uh, pairs of new glasses but my fashion sense is really just me um I'm I'm reflecting on many many years ago I was uh, much younger and felt that I needed to make a good impression for sort of my bosses. And I remember succinctly what I was wearing at the time. And I said to this person of position and power, hey, listen, if you don't like what I'm wearing, you know, just let me know, cause I don't want it to reflect negatively on any of us. And without meeting, missing a beat, they said, you wear what you need to wear and you bring your head and your heart, your brain and your thoughts and your confidence to the table. And that's just what we're gonna go with. And so my fashion sense, as far as, you know, what am I wearing from day to day? I'm not a label girl. Um, I certainly have juggled with the, the scale, you know, I could be thinner. I've been certain on the, the larger size. and. The world needs to be more kind, perhaps. Uh, and I think that if you are jazzed about what you put on in the morning, then 
that's just your fashion sense and we need to move forward with some more productive discussions, I think. I love that. That is like exactly how I feel. Now I am a stylist for plus size women, but it's not about wearing the proper clothes. It's about wearing what makes you feel comfortable, what makes you feel light and happy. Yes. Right. It's not about, you know, the shoulder pads have to fit like this. And it's about that. I mean, obviously you don't want to wear clothes that are too big or too small, but you need to feel confident and you need to feel loved and your clothes are a great way to show that off. Yeah. So you said that perfectly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, if we were to pivot really quickly, I mean, obviously uh, you being a stylist and myself, which we haven't really talked about, but um, I am a full figured model and actually will be walking in New York Fashion Week. And so to say I don't have a fashion style, you know, might be somewhat unrepresentative but that's actually exactly why I don't is because I'm trying to show women through a variety of different uh, outfits that I wear on social media on my you know Instagram that it's about your attitude put on a paper bag put on you know high designer wear jewelry do your hair differently if you feel great walking out that door every morning and you have your best foot forward that's what matters most 100 percent, i agree with that so 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 much um now one more question about clothing if there was one piece of clothing in your entire wardrobe that you could not live without what would that be oh my gosh <laughs> um well i I don't want uh, controversy to rise to the top here, but uh, I, I would say it's my fur coat. Um, and the reason is personal. So I had uh, a variety of different relatives, you know, my grandmother, my aunt, my dad, my mom, all gift me their old furs. And I know that furs are certainly a controversial topic um, but through the generosity of sort of their gifts I was able to recraft and design my own a fur that speaks to me and every time I wear it not only does it you know um, it keep me warm but I feel the love and support of my ancestors of my immediate family and so with, you know, again, I don't, I'm not a materialistic kind of designer wearing kind of person. So aside from maybe my wedding band <laughs> that I can't do without, it would have to be uh, the fur that really brings me back to the family that have supported me through, you know, all my ups and downs. For sure. I, I, I yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, now, I personally feel like jewelry is clothing. Yes. So yes. yeah, I have two rings, one being my wedding ring and one being a ring that I got when I was five years old from my dad's uncle in Italy. And those two rings for whatever, I mean, obviously my wedding ring is important for obvious reasons, yes. but this yes. little pinky ring that I have, I love it. And I feel like when I can't find it or if I can't see it, I'm like, oh my God, 
Yeah. I can't leave the house. Like I yeah. feel completely naked and yeah. I don't, I hardly wear it anymore because now I'm into more, I wear more costume jewelry, right? Because it's so popular right now. Sure. But those yeah. two rings are the most important to me. Yeah. Um, thank you so much today, Jacqueline. This was so much fun. I cannot wait to meet you in person. <laughs> You're going to book a time that we can have a coffee together. Absolutely. And I actually come to Beaumont every once in a while. So yeah, we will book a time. I know you're off to New York in the yeah. next few days, so it won't be soon, but it will be, it will be when you get back and you can tell me all about it. And maybe we can even have you here back on the show and we can discuss more about your modeling and your confidence. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's always something to talk about when you get um, enthusiastic women together that share common goals of whether it's empowerment or leadership. Uh, I think that there's always tips and tricks that we can share. Uh, there's empathy. So, you know, we're, we're going through, people are talking about yet another wave of COVID and it's, it's unfortunate, but very important that we need to come together in whatever capacity that means, whether we're back on Zoom, whether we're, you know, doing social distancing, having a coffee, but uh, be kind to people out there. And I wanna thank you so much, uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, inviting me on the show and giving me just a small platform to answer some of your really tough questions. <laughs> they weren't that tough. <laughs> well, thinking well, on, I think, I think thinking on your feet and talking about yourself actually is very difficult. You know, um, whether you filter yourself because you know somebody's going to have an opinion. And those are the things that we should be talking about. I hope that everybody uh, feels that they have some platform to voice their opinion in a non-judgmental way, uh, as long as it's respectful and maybe if it needs to be uh, backed up with fact, right? So those are, those are kind of my closing comments yeah. on, on uh, people rambling on. This is so awesome. I'm so grateful that you were here. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, until next time, I'm sure. Until next time and good luck in New York. Thank you. Have lots of fun. All right. Thank you. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, Confidence and Bloom, please check out the Divas That Care website or you can send me an email at tina at infullbloomstyling.com or on my Instagram account at infullbloomstyling. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.